Hello, everyone. I'm Sierra. And I'm Ashley. And this is your Weekly Weekly Dose Dose of Wicked. Guess who's back? Back again. Sierra's back. <laughs> Tell a friend. What is up, Weekly Dose of Wicked fam? That was good rapping, Eminem. Thank you. Thank you. I go by Shady, so I'm Shady. Oh, my bad. Yeah. I was going to say 50 Cent, but that's not the same person. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's not. Nope. Anyway. Uh, anyway. Slim Sierra. Slim Sierra. No, I'm actually Fat Sierra right now. <laughs> um, I'm just joking. I don't know why I'm so mean to myself. don't know why I put myself down like that. That was a rude thing for me to say. Right? Would you say that to me? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, screw you. <laughs> I'm just joking. I would never say that to you. I was listening earlier, though, when I was editing. Oh, we were talking about that on the Patreon. I never even said what the funny episode was oh. that I was editing because I got so distracted. When I was when I was adding uh, things earlier, the adding the ad spots, mm-hmm. it was the one when I was like, do you think it's true that they really lit up a room? And you're like, what would you say when I die? And I was like, I would say you were awkward. Nobody noticed when you walked into the room. <laughs> I just laughed and laughed. I thought it was so funny. I mean, those are true, true statements. I know, but it was just so funny. Anyway, I hope you guys have been having a fabulous week. And I'm so sorry that uh, we didn't have an episode last week, but I appreciate all of the grace that was given and how supportive everyone was in my time of need when I just needed to uh, relax and recoup. So thank you. Which you did not do. I said, I didn't say I needed to relax and recoup. I said I needed to get my life together, I think is what I said, which was true. I did get my life together. And by getting my life together, I did too much. Lots of things. I did way too much. I fucking crashed. Crashed hard. Uh, I like was pulling out my couch, like mopping behind my couch. And like, I don't know. My life was just a mess and I needed to like get order. I hope you got all of the order you needed. I didn't. My house is still a disaster. (laughs) But it's fine. I just cleaned it. I know, but it doesn't stay clean three kids destroy it but anyway they don't care about my house all right guys so let's talk podcast business all right so first order of business um we got chairs Woo-hoo. Woo! uh it was with no help of you guys uh, <laughs> <laughs> just kidding those are really rude sierra <laughs> i'm just kidding um we found them on social media it was ashley's co-workers chairs so yes thank you thank you to jenny and david yes sorry i took your favorite chairs david Yes, they don't listen to the podcast anymore because too much. Yeah, that's true. But it's fine. Um, anyway, so we got new chairs, super comfortable. You will never hear me complain about my butt being uncomfortable again. Yeah, hopefully not. Loving it. Uh, next order of business. Um, our XLR cord in our microphone has went. So we had to order a new one. But in order to record the podcast today, I had to use a little tiny foot long one and I'm holding the microphone and I can't use the cloud lifter. So if our audio is trash, I apologize, but it's either trash audio or another week without an episode. So trash audio you get. And you get what you get and you don't throw a fit. When life hands you lemons, you make beef stew. Exactly. Thank you, Andy Milanakis. It's my show. Don't tell me what to do. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that was good. All right. Anyway, next order of business. This is probably the most important part of business. Um, I don't know if any of you have noticed because we didn't have an episode last week. But uh, moving forward, you will notice that there are some things on our podcast that have changed such as um, the placement of ads, as well as our podcast now says that we are a member of a channel called Wizard Studios. Ooh. Ooh, what does that mean? That's so weird and like... Cool. Cool. Like what? Mysterious. Yeah. 
What's that mean, Ashley? Do you know what that means? It's um, like so cool. It means I think we joined a network. We did. We joined a podcasting network. Actually, for a while. <laughs> it's been quite a while, but yeah. it wasn't really something that we could discuss yet because we were still signing contracts and getting things ironed out. And um, yeah, so we are now a part of Wizard Studios, which is a podcasting network out of the UK. They reached out to us in March. Mm, March or April. It was March. I can't remember. We Maybe April. We did look it up, but it doesn't really matter. Regardless, they reached out to us. They sent us an email. They told us how cool they thought we were and how much they loved us <laughs> and they wanted to meet with us. I don't know that they said all of those things, <laughs> but okay. <laughs> Sorry. I think they did. <laughs> okay. The email definitely said that they were massive fans. They did say they were massive fans, but I don't think they said that we were cool. No, I'm, they don't I'm think we're cool. This. They probably think that we're really weird. Um, no, they did say they were a massive fan. Yeah, he did say that. that he, said was cool. we were, he said we were ma- he was a massive fan. Um, and so we met a couple times. We had a couple meetings. Yeah, yeah, we did. Um, this was not a decision that we took lightly by any means. We April. April, okay. Whatever. So reached out in April, we discussed, we took the time, we weighed the pros and cons. We read contracts with we read, legal jargon. We read contracts with legal jargon. We talked to lawyers. We did all of the things to ensure that we were making the most educated decision that we could and that um, the integrity of our podcast was what was of the utmost importance to us. So that being said, we did decide going forward that it was the best option for us um, as that way we can focus on content and not have to worry about the business side of things. They can handle that for us as far as marketing and financials and monetization. Like they can do all of that for us. Um, And then also a massive perk is that they took over our hosting. So we don't have to worry about that anymore. That was something that like we always had to pay for and do ourselves. And like now they they set all that up for us. So we just got to get in there and send it through and we don't ever have to worry about our hosting at all so with that we did switch obviously so we are no longer with buzzsprout we are now on just sad it is but megaphone's cool yeah megaphone so we're now cool. on megaphone and it's been a pretty good overall experience yeah. um the biggest change though is gonna be those ads so yeah the biggest thing for you anyways yeah the biggest thing for you um that being said also though we did talk in the past about like if we would ever have ads and we were able to kind of like veto anything that we didn't agree with. So, I mean, I think overall it was the best decision for the podcast. Yeah. And also it allows us to, you know, bring in a little bit of money. That way we can continue to make great content for you guys and not have to pay out of pocket. Cause at this point, I mean, it's been a year and other than the support of the Patreons, I mean, we've paid for most of this ourselves. Yeah, that's true. So yeah, but check out wizard studios. They have some pretty, Awesome podcast on there. And now if you go to our podcast on Apple Podcasts, it gives you a little link, takes you right on over to all of the other podcasts that they are affiliated with. That is true. So that's that, really. I mean, that's the end of that. I think that's all of it, right? Uh, no, we have an email. Oh. <laughs> um, next order of business. We received probably the most important email we've ever received. Pretty like ground sh- breaking, yeah. ground shattering. Yeah. Pretty much the best email ever. So mm-hmm. go ahead and read us email, Ashley. Okay. Good afternoon. I want to make it known. I love the banter between you two. Keeps it interesting and you never know what to expect. I absolutely love to listen to you both. And who's the email from? Amanda. Amanda McIntyre. Oh, yes. Sorry. We have many Amandas. I forgot. You have to be sp- specific. So thank you, Amanda. Thank you for reaching out to us and letting us know how much you love us and that you love our banter. 
means a lot to me. It does. We appreciate it. We love feedback and no one gives it to us. We also appreciate that you emailed us. (laughs) It was our very first email from a fan. It was. (laughs) I mean, we get messages on social media, but we never get emails. Yeah, no one ever takes advantage of the emails. No. And I get excited when we get emails. Me too. Like legit ones. Well, not stupid ones. Sometimes we get stupid ones. Sometimes we get ones like from people trying to solicit us for work. We also got um, our first piece of mail. We did. At our P.O. box. Um, It was a catalog. At my house. Oh, what did we get? I don't know. Something stupid about our business. Oh, I didn't know that. Oh, I thought I told you. I think it was when you were in the hospital. Oh, probably. No, we got that catalog. It's over there in the top drawer. Oh, okay. We got a catalog from... um, Podcasting equipment. Yeah, podcasting equipment to our P.O. box, which was cool. This two weekly dose of Wicked. I thought that was pretty cool. We've actually got like three of them now because it's been coming for a couple of months, but... Yeah. Um, That letter, it was like a handwritten two weekly dose of Wicked. Oh, really? From like um, the Mooresville Town Commerce or something. Oh, that is cool. You didn't yeah. even tell me that. I kind of yeah. want to look at it now. Hold yeah, on. Yeah, it's in like the top drawer over there. Oh, yeah. Look at that. Mooresville South Airdale Chamber of Commerce. Yeah. Weekly Dose of Wicked. That's so <laughs> funny. What's it say? I don't It wasn't important. Oh, okay. Yeah, I didn't know that. You never told me this. Well, I saved it for you so you could see it. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's about joining the Chamber of Commerce. No, thank you. Yeah, see, not important. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it's cool that they made it out to us. <laughs> yeah, handwritten and all. Mm-hmm. I like that. That's fun. We should frame it. I thought we should keep it. Yeah. yeah Tyler like was it. like, oh, what are you going to do with this? And I was like, um, put it in the podcast room. And he's like, are you serious? I was like, uh, yes, go put it in the podcast room. I'm keeping it. File that away in our file box that we don't have. <laughs> I mean, that's a pretty good file system we have over there. All right. Well, without further ado, let's get into this case, shall we? I think so. I've prepared a real good one for you. Um, if you guys want. Oh, I mean, what kind of things do they need to do? We haven't talked about any of the things they need to do. They know what the things they need to do are. They do know, but you gotta tell them. Okay, join the Patreon. Head on over to www.patreon.com forward slash weekly dose of wicked, where you can join one of our four awesome tiers. Uh, In doing so, you will uh, automatically unlock all of the past Patreon episodes, as well as two new Patreon episodes a month. Um, The episode coming out today is pretty good so i'd head on over there if you want to it was pretty good here pretty good case interesting it was infuriating all of the things yeah head on over and then you will also unlock all of our past uh episodes um as well as get other awesome perks you get like stickers and shout outs and uh coupon codes when we have merch launches and all of those good things so head on over check it out if you like what you see turn off your tv and do it (laughs) Zoom, zoom, zoom. <laughs> okay, I'm going to need you to stop singing things from the 90s now. <laughs> yeah, there's a nice little rendition on there of uh, me singing a song from a TV show. Yeah. So, from Nickelodeon. So, yeah, you guys head on over. The Patreon's lots of fun, man. We cut loose. Yeah, we do. Talk we a little cut shit. cut a little loose. We do. I think the Patreon's a good time. A grand old time. It is, it is. Um, like, follow, subscribe to all of the places. Facebook. Specifically X. <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah anyways <laughs> yes all of the places facebook tiktok instagram x x aka twitter yeah i think that's about it so without further Did ado you say youtube oh yeah head on over to freaking youtube and give us a subscription so we can monetize that shit too yeah we're all about the money 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 no <laughs> not really we don't really do this for money we don't make anything off it but it would be nice to to uh you know have some yeah have more than every time I accidentally try to charge something to the tribe account and it says 
Your balance is $8. Your charge was declined. <laughs> your charge was $28 was declined because you have 32 cents. Yes, all the time. <laughs> it's an all the time. I don't know why. The Amazon always tries to charge stuff to it. I don't know. I don't know. Anyway, all right. Without further ado, let's jump into this case. So okay. today I'm going to talk to you about Lisa Fine. Have you ever heard of her? I don't think so. Good. That's my goal. Oh, that was really gross sounding. I yawned in the middle of that. I don't think so. Yeah, I was hoping, but now I'm going to yawn because you yawned. Sorry. It's because I'm too tired. It's past my bedtime. I know. I'm really tired, too. Like two hours past my bedtime. I, me, too. And I've got to drive 45 minutes home. So stay here. I can't. I got to go home. Kick Tyler out of bed. You can sleep in the guest. Mm-hmm. He can sleep in the guest bed. That would be so nice. But now I got to go home to my kids. And I need another Dr. Pepper. Not sponsored by Dr. Pepper, but stra- Dr. Pepper's Strawberry and Cream Man is where it's at. I wouldn't know. Oh, my God. Ashley's butt hurt because I didn't bring her a freaking Dr. Pepper. Well, it was rude. You don't even drink soda. Why would I bring you a Dr. Pepper? You don't drink soda. I would have liked to try it. I will bring you one on Friday, you brat. I did not know that don't you wanted Don't call me a brat. One. You literally said, that sounds disgusting. And then you're like, where's my Dr. Pepper? Well, I still thought you'd bring them to try. I was trying not to force my beliefs on you. <laughs> okay, whatever. Give into the anyway, case here. Back to the case. Lisa Fine. All right, June 30th, 2000. Just before 8 a.m., a frantic Ron Fine calls a 911 in Berrien County, Michigan. He had returned home from working the night shift to find that his 33-year-old wife, Lisa Fine, as well as their two sons, Shane, age 10, and Jacob, age 12, are missing. There was a screen taken out of one of the bedroom windows, and he was worried that foul play was involved. Police immediately jumped into action and headed to the Fine house. By the time they arrived, Ron did find his two sons next door at the grandmother's house, which was a relief, but Lisa was still nowhere to be found. A little backstory. Lisa and Ron had only been married for about five years. Both were single parents when they met, and they were quickly, they were, they were quickly, they very quickly fell in love and made a perfect little blended family. So while biologically, Jacob was Lisa's son and Shane was Ron's son, all sources show that Ron and Lisa loved both of those boys, and they really saw both of them as their own. Good. As it should be. Friends and family say that they were extremely happy and just the best parents, always putting the kids' needs before their own, as any good parent would. Ron was described as a hard worker. He really did his best to provide for his family. And Lisa was described as being an amazing mom. She lived for her kids, and that was really all she ever wanted out of life. From the outside, Ron and Lisa's life looked pretty perfect. So when Lisa disappeared, this was concerning. Ron tells police that he had left for work around 10 p.m. the night before, and that was the last time that he had seen or heard from Lisa. When he got home around 6 a.m., Lisa and the boys were gone. There was a screen taken out of one of the kids' bedrooms indicating someone may have entered the home through the window. The downstairs of the house was trashed, and he said that it was not like that when he left the night before. What's that noise? I don't know. It's like a plane or something. It's a UFO. Probably. Probably. Okay. Leave the aliens alone. Missile attack. Mm, I don't like that. I don't know. It'll be fine. Hope so. All right. So anyway, the basement door was also unlocked, um, and outside there was a roll of duct tape. In the couple's bedrooms, things only got more concerning. The sheets had been pulled off of the bed. Lisa's ID. I said that Lisa's ID and cashews were sitting on the nightstand. I don't. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> yeah. A little midnight snack of cashews. <laughs> That's not what I meant. What I actually meant to say is that Lisa's ID and cash were sitting on the <laughs> dresser. I'm not really sure why I referred to cash as cashews. I'm laughing so hard. I, cry. I have a tear. <laughs> I have a tear. I have a tear. Okay, I'm sorry. Back to being serious. Oh, my God. Lisa's ID and cash were still sitting on her dresser. So she clearly didn't run off to start a new life as so many people do. <laughs> Happens all the time. Every day. 
even more concerning to me. This is the most concerning part to me. Not the cashews. Not the cashews that weren't there. <laughs> the cashews that were cash. Um, the most concerning part to me is that in the bathroom, Lisa's contacts were still in her contact case. Okay. Okay. But then her glasses were still in her bedroom. Oh. So, so she, she left blind? See? Exactly. No. Absolutely not. I cannot do anything without my glasses. Yeah. No. As someone who needs glasses, Try you again. and I can agree. She didn't walk off without her glasses or her contacts. No. There's no way. Absolutely not. To me, that was the most concerning part. Clearly, foul play is involved here. There's no freaking way this woman left. And also, it was 2000. Zenny wasn't a thing. She didn't have 75 pairs. Right. <laughs> so, it was her one pair of glasses and her contacts. And they I were was in- actually just thinking that. I was like, well, I have no. like six pairs of glasses. No. She had one pair of glasses. Okay. So, this is what makes police certain that this is not a good, situa- a good situation and that they need to act fast. Because they agree she would not have left without her glasses or her contacts. They begin a perimeter search, but Lisa and Ron live in a heavily wooded area and are surrounded by fields. So a thorough search is going to take hours. Okay. Luckily, though, well, luckily and unluckily, uh, Deputy Mazurik very quickly finds what he believes to be drag marks in the grass leading from the basement door. Hmm. It's not funny, but during an interview, he was like the most monotone person I've ever heard in my life. But he said, I very quickly realized that something much worse than what we were called here for had happened here. What were they called there for? Exactly. That's what I said. I said, Ron literally called because he was concerned that something had happened to his wife and children. They should have been prepared for the absolute worst when he was like, hey, yo, there's a window missing out of my bedroom or out of my kid's bedroom, and my wife and kids are missing. They should have 100% been prepared for an abduction, missing person, homicide, something like that. But he was like... When I saw the drag marks, I realized that things were much worse here. It's not very nice of you to make fun of his voice. <laughs> it was so monotoned. Yeah, no, that's exactly what you should have been prepared for. Right. Um, so anyway, they do go ahead at that point and call in detectives. So, Detective LaBamba. <laughs> no, it's Detective LaBombard. Oh, my God. I'm dude. sorry. I'm You're so, so tired. You're ruining this episode. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. All right, so Detective LeBombard is put in charge of this missing person's investigation. At this point, he'd been a detective for about eight years. He pretty immediately decides that Lisa was more than likely drugged from her home unconscious through an area of vegetation and then taken to the road where there were fresh tire marks and then taken from the home. Hmm. So obviously they need to move quickly here for any chance of finding Lisa. Police first interview Lisa and Ron's sons to see if they knew anything. Are you paying attention to me? Because this is is a chilling part. This is chilling. Sorry. What they learned from the boys is chilling. That's what I said. Okay. Jacob says that around 3.30 a.m., he was woken up by loud noises and that he got out of bed. He headed down the hall to his mother's room where he heard his mother screaming. Jacob is 12. Okay. The door was ajar, and through the crack, he could see his mother fighting with a man who was wearing a helmet. He was terrified, so he ran down the hall and woke up Shane. The boys went to go call 911, but when they tried, the phone was not working. They then heard a thumping noise coming from the stairs, and at that point, they decided that they needed to leave the house. So they used a pencil to tear the screen out of the window and get out of the house. When asked how they knew to do that, they said that their mother had taught them, which was heartbreaking to me. Yeah. When the boys got out of the house, they ran to their grandmother's, and at that point, the helmeted man was running down the street. Terrifying. How freaking terrifying. Right? So the worst part of the whole thing is that Jacob said he actually knew the man who was attacking his mom. It was a stepdad, Ron. What? Ron's like, um, no, I did not attack your mother. I was at work, and Jacob was mistaken. He was like, no, it was not me. 
So police want to know, uh, obviously, like pretty immediately, they want to know why the police weren't notified at 3.30 in the morning right. when this all transpired. Uh, Janet, the grandmother, I'm unsure if Janet is Ron's mother or Lisa's mother. Okay. I'm not sure. It's her but last name. I didn't. It just said Janet. Oh, okay. So the grandmother, it was actually hard to find her name. So okay. Janet's what I got. That could be completely wrong. Her name might be Karen. I don't know. Okay. It said Janet, though, but it didn't have her last name. She said that she didn't call 911 because she did not realize the extent of what happened. She said the boys had woken her up, beating on her door, and that when she opened the door, they said their parents were fighting and their mom needed help. But she told them to come on in, go to bed. They could sleep there for the rest of the night and that she would take care of everything. She said she didn't want to butt her nose into their spat. But again, she didn't realize how serious it was. I mean, those boys were probably terrified. So she should have realized. I mean, I agree that she probably should have investigated a little bit. Um, At the same time, though, it caused zero sense to my drum business. So that is true. I can see why she possibly, I don't know. And also, I don't know these kids. Are they dramatic kids? Right. I mean, like, if my kids came running... Okay, so let's just say that situation. I mean, we have a true crime podcast. So, like, what would you do if, you know, I still lived there? The cops. And the kids are like, mom and dad are fighting? I mean, if they were, like, freaked out, mom and dad is fighting, and mom needs help, yeah, I would. Okay. And then I would kill Jacob myself. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I can just... I can see why they want it is all i'm saying like i could i can get behind why she wouldn't like not wanting to butt her nose in especially if like she's lisa's mother i could see her not wanting to butt her nose in to like a spat yeah i mean i could see that not wanting to butt her nose in but i think I just the fact that it was 3 30 in the morning i'm picturing it's 3 30 in the morning these children were run for her house terrified right and she's just like mm, go to bed yeah no so she did say the next morning when she found out that lisa was missing she felt extremely guilty for I mean, not I understand. calling that would be it horrible. in. Uh, but obviously, I mean, there's not anything she can do about it now. So, right. You know, she should have probably made a different decision, but it is what it is. Horrible I mean, guilt. Yes. So the next morning, um, oh no, sorry. Detectives get to work, work, get to work looking into Ron's alibi now, obviously, because on one side, you have a 12 year old little boy who said, you know, he's traumatized and he says, my dad attacked my mom. But then on the other hand, you have a frantic husband who's saying, I didn't attack my wife. I was at work all night. Like, there's no way it was me. Right. So, like, who do you believe? Right, the kid or the adult? Right. Who do you believe? So, they're like, let's look into this alibi. So, friends of Lisa and Ron's said that the couple definitely did have their issues, but it was nothing serious. They fought over finances, which, I mean, I think that's the number one fight most married people have. Right. Uh, Lisa was a bit more of a partier than Ron, so they would disagree over that. But again, nothing serious. Luckily for police, Ron's uh, place of work has a very detailed security system. I guess is what you would call it. I don't know if it's really necessarily security, but they have things in place that it was very easy to track his movement. Okay. Um, so they have like these electronic cards that they have to use mm-hmm. to do pretty much all of the tasks as well as open all of the doors. Okay. So they're able to obtain a copy of his card usage for that night. And it shows that over the course of his shift, he was swiped in to 40 different locations. Okay. And that he only left the plant at 6 a.m. when his shift ended. So his alibi checks out. Okay, but could someone else use his card? No. They were certain that no one else could use his card. Okay. I thought that too, but they were certain no. No one else could use his card. I just think someone else... I mean, it's just a swipe card. Yeah. So why can't someone else use the card? I don't know, but they were certain that it was a high-tech security system and that no one else was able to use his card. I don't know if maybe it had to be like scanned and a pin put in, or I don't know. I don't know what the reasoning is, but they were determined... They, they said his alibi checked out, and at that point, he was no longer a suspect that... They believe Jacob was mistaken. Okay. 
So I mean, it's great for Ron, but yeah. that doesn't absolutely that does absolutely nothing for Lisa. Right. And now we're back to square one. We have no suspects at all. Detectives decide to call in the Michigan State Police and request a helicopter fly over to the area. Maybe they can see some sort of a disturbance in the area. I don't know. Uh, it's not clear if they ever got their helicopter, but they did ask for it. Okay. So by July 2nd, they begin searching the area on foot, handing out maps of the area to the search groups. Uh, one small group was given the task of searching a field back behind their house. Obviously, they didn't think they were going to find anything, but they more so were just trying to rule the area out. So I also thought that it was weird that the search party went out at dusk. Yeah, that is weird. Lisa had been missing at this point for a few days, so I'm not really sure, sure why they weren't searching during the day. Right. That would make the most sense. Yeah. And then also I was like, maybe I'm an idiot and maybe dusk is morning, but it's not. No, dawn is morning. Yeah. But I was like, well, let me just double check. I mean, sometimes I'm stupid. Maybe I'm just. <laughs> sometimes I'm stupid. <laughs> well, I was just like, well, I mean, maybe, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe dusk is morning. No, dawn is morning. Dusk is like eight o'clock at night. Right. I mean, I guess, well, it was June. So no, I mean, yeah, like eight, nine o'clock at night. Yeah, that's pretty crazy. Right. And she'd been missing. She it was June 30th. So 30 days, half September, April, June, and November. So two days. She'd been yeah. missing for two days. So I don't know. Um, anyway, whatever. So the search, the group searches the field and they're not finding anything. That is until they get to the back corner. There they find an area that just looks like it's out of place. There's sticks and logs stacked and it just doesn't look natural. So they decide to like walk over to it. And also once they get closer, they realize that the dirt looks like it's been freshly turned up. Okay. So they begin moving the wood and digging and that's when they see blue fabric. Upon further investigation, detectives think that think that they have found Lisa's body. So they stop disturbing the area and they call in the Michigan State Police Crime Lab. Uh, unfortunately, there is a huge storm coming. Hmm. And so the crime lab says that they can't get out there until the next day. But this is a really big deal because if it rains, it's going to wash away evidence. Right. So Detective Lombard um, actually goes and gets his own raincoat out of his car and uses that to cover up like what he can so it's not disturbed by the rain as best as he can. The next morning on July 3rd, the Michigan State Crime Lab comes out and they do confirm that this is a body. They carefully uncover an adult human in the fetal position. The entire face is wrapped in duct tape and then covered in a pillowcase. Oh my gosh. There's also a white towel in the grave. Using fingerprints, they are able to confirm that this was, in fact, 33-year-old Lisa Fun. She had been murdered and then buried in her own backyard. The audacity. Yeah. An autopsy determined that Lisa's cause of death was asphyxiation by smothering. There was also blunt force trauma to her head. While police continued to work on finding Lisa's killer, family and friends laid her to rest on July 10th of 2000. Uh, police were not able to pull anything from the duct tape, the towel, or the pillowcase. But they did find foreign DNA under Lisa's fingernails. That's good. That indicates that Lisa did fight her attacker. As police continued to investigate, they discovered that Lisa was having an affair with a man named Jeffrey Roll. Uh, Jeffrey was the father of a boy on Jacob's baseball team. He actually co coached the baseball team. And this news was really shocking to everyone. Lisa's own sister, Lori, didn't even have an ID. An ID. Didn't even have an idea. <laughs> That's weird. I thought that was weird as well. Uh, when they but told... they weren't close. They were close. Oh, okay. Never mind. I mean, from Lori's telling they were close, and that's why she was so shocked. Right. Uh, when they told Ron, he weeped. He truly had no idea that his wife had been cheating on him. So, police turned to Jeff to see if he could possibly be a suspect. Uh, they subpoenaed the phone records and find out that on June 29th, the day before Lisa was murdered, she had paged Jeffrey and told him to call her. 
So I don't really understand paging. <laughs> I mean, is it not just like texting? I think kind of, but like shorter. Yeah. I don't know. I never had a pager. Me neither. I also thought it was weird that she had a pager. It was 2000. I don't really remember pagers being a thing still in 2000. 2000, I was four, so I don't know. I don't know. I just thought it was weird, but I just don't understand it. Like, she paged him and told him to call her. I don't know. So, police question Jeff, and while he admits that he had an affair, uh, he says that the affair had been over for about six months. Hmm. Uh, They had amicably decided to end the affair, and he says he did call Lisa uh, late on the 29th. But he said that it was just a friendly conversation. They were just checking up on each other and that they actually regularly talked because they had remained friends after the affair. Okay. So weird. it all seems to check out with Jeff, right? I guess. Detective Lombard is not sure that Jeff is completely in the clear, though. So Jeff knows that it's safe to call the house late because he knows the family's routine. He knows that Ron's at work. Um, it's also a little odd that the payphone that Jeffrey used to call Lisa is just two miles from the fine home. Did he swing by Lisa's after they got off the phone? Maybe. Jeff has an alibi, though. He says that he was at home in bed with his wife. Mm. And his wife uh, confirms. And she says that she knows that Jeff was at home all night because their child was sick and that they actually been up most of the night. Like, their sick kid had been in bed with them and it had not been a good night's sleep. Like, they were up pretty much all night. Okay, that's believable. Uh, Jeff also volunteers DNA with no problem. So with that information, he is no longer a suspect. Okay. So with Jeff no longer a suspect, once again, the police have nothing. Hmm. And at this point, it's getting seriously frustrating. Yeah, I could see that. So even though Jeff is cleared by police, um, they do think that he could possibly help them. And so they ask if he has any ideas of who could have hurt Lisa. And Jeff's like, oh, yeah, her ex-boyfriend, Frank Spagnola. You see, Frank is the father of Jacob. Okay. They met in 1989, and they soon fell in love. But after Jacob was born, the relationship took a turn. Lisa's sister, Lori, recalls Lisa calling her and asking if her husband had ever hit her. And Lori says, no, what happened? So Lisa tells her that Frank had been hitting her, and Lori says she's going to call their dad. Which Lisa begs her not to do. I really <laughs> loved that. I had to include it. It yeah. was just like, it's such a sister thing to do. I'm calling dad. Like, your husband's hitting you, I'm calling dad. And she yep. was like, no, do not call dad. And I just thought that that was, I don't know. I just thought that was like a very sweet sister moment of like, yeah. it's you. not sweet that like her husband's beating no, her, but like, not at all. but like her sister's like, your husband's beating you solution. We're calling dad. Dad will take care of it. Yes. Uh, so shortly after this, Lisa and Frank do part ways and Lisa tries to have a good co-parenting relationship. Unfortunately though, Frank makes that very difficult. He intentionally keeps Jacob out longer than he's supposed to. Uh, he badmouths Lisa to Jacob, which I can't stand. Yeah, me either. Um, and at the same time, Lisa is stopping everyone from speaking poorly of Frank. Because she wants for Jacob to see her father as a good man. Right. Friends and family recall now that Frank was actually pretty scary. And he was actually super creepy. Uh, he would park outside of her home and watch her. Mm-hmm. He would intimidate her. Like any chance that he could. So police are now confident that Frank is more than likely their guy. So when they go to question him, uh, he they immediately notice that he has a pretty good scratch on his face. And when they ask Frank about it, he says that he cut himself shaving. Hmm. It's just kind of weird, though, because Frank has some pretty good facial hair going on right now, and it doesn't appear he's shaved recently at all. That is weird. On top of that, Frank's alibi isn't very solid. He says on the night that Lisa was murdered, he went and picked up a check for his mom around 930. 
Then he went to the video store and returned some videos, and he got a couple of new ones. And then he went home where he stayed for the rest of the night. By himself? No, Frank lives with his parents. Oh, okay. So, of course, please ask them to corroborate Frank's story or his alibi. Uh, Frank's dad says that he heard Frank took a shower. He heard Frank took a shower. He heard Frank take a shower. There we go. <laughs> that, was a very, that was a very poor grammar there. <laughs> he heard Frank took a shower. He heard Frank take a shower around 1230, but that was the last that he had heard of Frank, and he hadn't actually saw him. He had just heard it. Right. Uh, neither of his parents had actually seen him since a while before that night, like a little earlier that night. So they were like, well, we actually can't really say when he was here. And they said they didn't see him again until 6 o'clock the next morning. So they were not able to corroborate that story at all. Uh, police obtained a warrant for DNA from from Sprank. From Sprank. Oh, my God. I'm so <laughs> what is wrong with you? <laughs> I'm tired. <laughs> you slept until 1 o'clock today. It was actually 1230, but yeah, yeah it doesn't matter. My body's tired, actually. I know. I know. I was just kidding. Sorry. Okay, try that again. Police obtain a warrant for DNA from Frank Spagnola, not Sprank. <laughs> I like it, though. Yeah, so they get a warrant for his DNA. Uh, the DNA was, in fact, a match for the DNA that was under Lisa Fine's fingernails. Ooh, that's not good. That is good. Well, I mean, not good for him, though. Well, no, not good for him, but we don't care. He's a trash bag. Right, good for us. Good uh, for so it actually took months, though, for the DNA to come back. But now that they have it, they need to build a case. Um, they needed more evidence. And so they, you know, obtained another search warrant for Frank's residence. And that is where police do actually find more evidence, which kind of stupid that, like, there was evidence. I have it months. I mean, yeah, this guy clearly isn't very smart. So they find a pillowcase. And it's matching the one found on Lisa's body. Mm. This is significant because not only is the pillowcase a match, but also by contacting the manufacturer, they determined that the set of sheets has not been manufactured in the last nine to 10 years. So it's highly unlikely that this pillowcase belongs to someone else. Right. He just has the matching set to it. Right. Uh, they also found a towel matching the towel found on Lisa's body. They find a roll of duct tape in Frank's car. And they're actually deter- they are actually able to determine it is the same role used on Lisa's body. How? I have no idea. Oh, okay. <laughs> they said it was. It was the same brand and something to do with the tear pattern that the tear pattern matched. Okay. Uh, and finally, they found a black... What an idiot. Yeah. Like, he didn't even rip off another piece? <sighs> yeah. So they finally, the last piece of evidence that they find is a black snowmobile helmet matching the helmet Jacob remembers seeing the man attacking his mom wearing. So, as far as motive, police believe um, they find out that Frank and Lisa were actually in the middle of a heated custody battle in which the judge had just sided with Lisa and ordered a judgment against Frank for back child support in an amount totaling $14,000. Ooh, that's a lot of money. Adjusted for inflation, that's $24,852.93. Thank you. That is an insane amount of back child support. Yeah. Like, has he ever paid it? I have no idea. child support for the whole kid's life? I have no idea. I mean, no, it would not be because he's 12. So, I mean, that would be like $1,000 a year. Okay. So, probably just past couple years. That's still a lot. It's a lot of money. I mean, $14,000 is a lot of money. So, the judgment for that $14,000 was actually filed on June 30th of 2000, the day that Lisa went missing. So, like, rage. Well, no. I think that it was probably filed after she went missing. Like, it's, I'm sure it was rage because they had, like, went to court and, like, he had lost. But, like, right. she went missing at 3.30 in the morning. It was probably filed. Oh, right. You know. Probably, yeah. 
So the shitty thing is, like the really, I mean, obviously the shitty thing is, is like he's a murderer. But like the shitty other thing is that they look into Frank's financials and he had the means to pay the child support. He just don't want to. He just don't want to pay it. Which is, I mean, just like what a fucking trash bag. Right. Like even if you don't like. It was really just because he didn't want Lisa to have the money. But like it's not for Lisa. It's for your son. Right. That's what I was going to say. Like it, even if you don't like Lisa too bad, you like your kid. Or at least you should. I mean, yeah, you should. <sighs> so now that the police have enough evidence to make a plan, or they have enough evidence, they make a plan to arrest Frank for the murder of Lisa. The problem is, is that um, he has Jacob for his weekly visitation. Okay. So they want to make sure that Jacob is safe before they do anything, obviously. So when Frank drops Jacob off at Lisa's parents' house, uh, police follow him. And they make sure that they're far enough distance away that Jacob will not be further traumatized by seeing his father arrested, and they pull Frank over and arrest him. Frank immediately asks for an attorney and refuses to speak to police. That's okay, though, because police really don't care if he talks, because they've pretty <laughs> much already gotten, I mean, they figured out what happened. That's okay, then. <laughs> they don't care. Police are like, this is what we think happened. I mean, they're like, we've got enough evidence, we don't need him to talk. Right. Okay. So, police believe that Frank entered the fine home using the spare key that was kept outside. Uh, when they uh, questioned Jacob, he said that he had told his dad about the spare key. So, he would have known it was there. Well, it's also, you know, kind of pretty normal for people to have spare keys. Mm-hmm. Uh, he went in and surprised Lisa, brutally attacking her while she slept in her bed. He hit her over the head, knocking her unconscious, and then suffocated her with a towel. He duct taped her face and put the pillowcase over her head. He then drug her down the basement stairs and out the door, where he buried her in a shallow grave in her own yard. The audacity. What a gross man. Like, what? Okay. In her own yard. Yeah, I hate him. (sighs) So, Frank is charged with first-degree murder. Frank's trial begins on June I'm sorry, not on June. It didn't tell me a date. Frank's trial begins in June of 2003, which is three years after Lisa's murder. That in itself is like shitty. It took that long. I mean, yeah, but that's pretty normal. I know. It just sucks because like he was just like running around living his life. Right. Frank pleads not guilty, which shocks everyone. Like there's substantial evidence against him. Right. So I think that they probably thought that given all of the evidence, he would, you know, try and cut a deal. That would be the smart thing to do. But we're going to do something smart. No, he didn't want to do that. So the trial lasted for four weeks, and Frank Spagnola was sentenced to life in prison without the possibility of parole. Good. And that's where that ends. So how did the boys get confused? I don't know. It was wrong. I don't know that it was. I mean, I don't know. They didn't really say, like, what the reasoning was of, like, why they thought it was wrong. Um, those I mean, poor boys though that would be like terrifying like that they it thought it was there either way regardless of who it was honestly oh, but yeah. yes for sure but at least like the monster isn't your well the monster is one of their family but right like you know your stepdad you love him and then you think he killed your mom like yeah. that would be awful I mean I think that honestly it was just an honest mistake because right. he was wearing a snowmobile helmet and right. you know like snowmobile helmet has like a tinted face on it so i don't think that he like maliciously tried to blame his stepdad i think that he probably genuinely thought it was his stepdad do they also look similar or similar characteristics um yeah i mean they're definitely not the same person but i mean they both have like dark hair they're both white males dark hair three in the morning half asleep right and i mean also he was looking at it through a crack in the door i mean it wasn't like the door was open like it was a jar so i mean yeah those poor boys. Maybe he just knew it was someone he knew. And so he just assumed it was Ron. Because, I mean, he right. didn't know it. It was his biological father. Right. So, I don't know. But, no, it didn't really specify of, like, why he thought that it was Ron. 
over. I just wondered. I mean, no. it's not really important. No, I didn't really say. There was no update on that. Well, so. Not too important, I guess. No. But yeah, so that was our theme this week of people in their backyards. <laughs> Backyard murders. Backyard murders. So that actually, I found that because I watched a show called Buried in Your Backyard. <laughs> There's a whole series. It had like five seasons. It's a lot of people being buried in their backyards. I agree. I didn't watch a whole bunch of episodes. I just watched a couple. But that one really stuck out to me because I was like, the fucking audacity. Like, the fucking audacity of you, you motherfucker. Right. You jip her of $14,000 in child support. You then break into her home, murder her, and bury her in her yard. Brutally murder her, too. Like, screw you. Yeah. Like, wrap her face in duct tape. Yeah, I hate him. Like, what the hell is wrong with you? Like, you are an evil, evil monster. Mm-hmm. How dare you? After like also making her life miserable for God knows how long. Right. Because he's the freaking father of her son and he's been bad mouthing her and like just making, just inconveniencing her left and right. Right. Like showing up late to pickups and dropping Jacob off late and like seriously screw you. And then like the audacity of you. Somebody actually said it in that episode. They were like the audacity. (laughs) Like the whole town was just thrown by the audacity that he would bury her in her own backyard. Yeah, I agree. And you know how much I love to say audacity. That's a normal thing that I say all the time about my husband. I'm like, yeah. listen to the audacity of my husband. But I was like, man, I mean, what a just piece of trash. I would agree with that. And like also just a piece of trash. You killed the mother of your child. Anyway. Yeah. I mean, you're trash for killing anyone, but then like kill the mother of your child brutally and bury her in her own backyard. Right. Like you're hurting no one but your kid. Exactly. Because now he has no parents. Like, honestly, right. now he has no parents because his father's in prison. Right. His mother is dead. And, like, he also lost his stepdad because he, I mean, I don't know that he lost his stepdad, I guess. But, like, he's with her parents. Right. So, like, that leads me to believe he's probably no longer with his stepdad either. Right. All of his parents in his life he lost in a day. Right. Well, I guess the his biological father he lost later, but not really. Right. I mean, I don't know. I would hope that, like, Ron doesn't hold any sort of resentment against him for, like, falsely IDing him, but you right. never know. Right. But I mean, it's just crap. Like, absolute bull squash. Yeah, that really sucks. <sighs> As always, that was not very fun. No, it wasn't, but it was a good case. It was. It was I very did a good job researching it. <laughs> and I threw you off the trail a few times. Round of applause. I threw you off the trail a few times. You, you thought it was Jeff, didn't you? Who did you think it was? Um. Well, I thought it was the stepdad. Yeah. Even after they found Jeff? And even after I told you his alibi was cleared? I mean, yeah, I really thought that the electronic card, like, someone else could use that. No, they were adamant that no one else could use that electronic card. I just don't see how. I just don't think that's believable, in my opinion. I don't know. Because you can't exit the building without a card. That's why. Like, you can't leave without a card. So, like, how would he get out? Swiped his card, left, handed it behind him? No, because it would have shown him leaving. Like, it checks you in and out. So there was no way for him to leave the premises without a card. I don't know. It just seems that... I don't know. I don't know. I mean, that's just what I'm I'm thinking. Like, there was no way to get in and out without the card. So, like, once he was in, he couldn't leave. Right. Without swiping the card. Right. I mean, yeah. I guess that makes sense. Or swiping someone's card. But, like, even if he would have, like, switched cards with someone, that still would have, like, raised a red flag because none of them should have been leaving. Right. So, like, I'm sure it would have alerted someone had he left before he was supposed to. Right. And that would have also had to be a pretty good friend. Yeah. But, I mean, not really. Because, I mean, we had homeboy 
come down and play an Xbox Live yeah, to help kill not that long ago. So not really. Wouldn't really have to be a good friend. But the other thing is, too, is that I could be 100% wrong. I could just be pulling this out of my ass. I am pretty positive that Ron and Lisa work together. So, like, even if they were good friends, I mean, like, everyone would have known Lisa. Right. I could have just pulled that out of my ass, but I'm fairly positive that they work together. (laughs) Either, I don't know. She may have worked with Frank. She worked with one of them. Right. Like, she had met one of them through work. Okay. So, I could have just pulled that out of my ass. Okay, well, maybe not. We'll take that with a grain of salt. I could have pulled that (laughs) out of my ass. But, like, she had multiple coworkers that were, like, interviewed on this show. Right. So. Hmm. I don't know. It was crazy, though. Yeah. Yeah, it is very interesting. And also heartbreaking. Mm-hmm. They always are. That's true. Mm. All right, well. On that note. Let's tease out of here and get Yeah, we got to go to bed because it's really late. And we're really tired. Mm-hmm. Tired girls. So we need to go to bed. But these chairs are phenomenal. I could just sleep here. <laughs> I really need to text Jenny. I'll let her know that you love them. I'll let her know that these are the best chairs ever. <laughs> um, Ashley says my chair is more comfortable than hers, so I'm waiting to see if like she switches them. I might. <laughs> <Do> recover. <laughs> it's really comfy. I was really nervous because I didn't bring my butt pillow, but I don't even need it. Yeah. So. All right, guys. Well, we'll catch you next week with an all-new case. I want to thank you all again for your support and not being mad at me when I didn't release an episode. I don't know. Some of you might have been mad. But if you were, you did not tell me. Well, you shouldn't be mad. It is what it is. But hey, I came through this week. I did my two cases just like I said I would. That is true. You did. Good job. Booyah. Hopefully we get an edit and out in shiny fashion. Uh, It's 11 o'clock and I have to drive 45 minutes home and then I've got to get this out. It's not going to be out by 4 a.m. I'll give you that. Yeah. Maybe. It might be. It won't take me that long to edit this. It's only an hour. Okay. Well, we'll see. But all right, guys. Well, we'll catch you next week. And uh, yeah, bye. Bye. Hey, everyone. If you like what you heard and you want to support a small podcast, please give us money at www.patreon.com forward slash weekly dose of wicked, where you can join one of our four amazing tiers, starting at just a measly $3 a month. That's literally 10 cents a day. You can join the Slightly Wicked. After that, we've got the Moderately Wicked for just $5 a month, followed by the Awesomely Wicked for $7 a month. And for those high rollers, big ballers, we have the Extraordinarily Wicked. So head on over, check it out. If you like what you see, join it up. If subscriptions aren't your jam, head on over to www.buymeacoffee.com forward slash W-D-O-W where you can give us a one-time donation to buy us a coffee or, you know, like podcasting equipment, which would probably be a better use of our money. Feel free to give us a follow on Instagram at weekly underscore dose underscore of underscore wicked or you can just search weekly dose of wicked and we'll pop up because we're the only ones. Or you can give us a like on Facebook at facebook.com slash weekly dose of wicked. Or, you know what, you could just do both, because that would be better for us. For a direct feed of our podcast, please go to www.weeklydoseofwicked.buzzsprout.com. Great news, guys. We've made it big time. And you can now listen to us anywhere you listen to podcasts. Yep, yep. Even Pandora. They finally let us in. Make sure to come back next Wednesday for your Weekly Weekly Dose of Wicked. Wicked. But um, (laughs) I'm...